0: How do I put this bounce back after I let myself down when I got taken off against France? Uh, That was probably the low point. Um, Real low point. For you you or for me? uh, For me. (laughs) (laughs) Joe presents
1: House of Rugby, together with Bank of Ireland. Proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. Hello and welcome to House of Rugby together with Bank of Ireland. Now, uh, Pat McCarry here in the host chair this week. Uh, Greg O'Shea and Lindsay Pete from their Instagram stories over the weekend they are having the absolute crack. Uh, Greg was hanging out with Sexton and uh, you know Owen Farrell for the coin flip. Lindsay was hanging out with CJ Stander. She promises that she has a lot of Bundyaki stories as well. <laughs> They're all going to have to wait now till next Monday. Uh, we've got Jason Hennessy in with us again. Uh, kind of hanging it together there, keeping it together after a big uh, big weekend there. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you, can, you can fill us in on all the details if you want. Yeah, and no. then James Downey, <laughs> uh, an old Hardyards uh, favourite and a friend of ours as well. So it's great to have you back
2: in as well, James. How are you getting on, lads? Great, great. Looking yeah. forward to it now. Yeah. Great yeah. to be back into it. What a weekend for, for Irish rugby and hopefully work up. <laughs> yeah yeah that's
1: Jumped it like, it is funny i was just saying you, a little bit later on we might even have like this tommy bow was doing some kind of post-match thoughts on something as well and and yeah it's like now people are i, I remember I was, I was even talking to yourself i think it was before the france game this is before we even played them and you had the kind of more confidence to me and i was saying i think i'm finally getting on board with this and i'm starting <laughs> to get confident and and then there we were again at the weekend at the aviva and yeah, it's like, actually of all the things, like, you know, everybody's really confident now and all of a sudden it was a shaky game, wasn't it? Like, so really interesting, wasn't it? Like,
2: uh... Look, it's it's it gets down to, there's so much on the line there, wasn't yeah, there? For, yeah, For the Irish side, the English lads had, had nothing to lose. I think they've been hammered in the press over there. So um, they come out all guns blazing and they just had to produce, you know, okay, they didn't play too much rugby, but mm. Um, mm. they were there to spoil a party and try and do a job. And for 60 minutes, they frustrated the hell out of the Irish side. So yeah. they did a decent job.
1: Yeah, what was it like? i say before we kind of really get stuck into the, like not one but two grand slams to talk about, we'll hear a little bit from uh, Nicola Friday, the Ireland women's uh, captain. They're they're playing the Six Nations TikTok Women's Six Nations starting this weekend, and we have Andy Farrell, Johnny Sexton. We'll hear from them a little bit of Tommy Bowe. So jam packed. Um, but also kind of just want to start off with talking about you were playing the Legends game then on 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 Paddy's Day as well. So what was that? Who were you playing with? Who were who were the standout players from both sides and. And then we'll get into the post-match stuff then as well, and the beers. Oh,
2: um, <laughs> look, there was there was some good. luck. Like Sean Cronin was there, Billy Holland, say Sean O'Brien um, played extremely well. Malo Kelly was very good. Even the dancing star Shane Byrne was oh as yeah, uh, yeah. usual self out there. But yeah, uh, Keatley was playing too in Keatley, and there's look just. A younger group of players coming through, which was needed a nice injection of youth. Uh, it was great crack to play. Look for our a few charitable trust as well, so um, money raised for that. And there's was a great crowd there on the Friday night. English boys came over in decent numbers too, and. Um, Great occasion. It's great to be playing again. Sore bodies, yeah. Sore heads too. It was a good <laughs> night after. Um, we were well looked after. Um, so it was. It was great night. Great catching up with loads of players.
1: And what are, are, are any of the English lads like who would have kind of like still had it, I suppose.
2: Like and um, was there, and he he's got a bit of turn of pace about him. Matt Banahan's not long finished too, and mm. um, yeah, he, he's he's a big old unit. So uh, yeah, he was against me, so I didn't enjoy that <laughs> one too much. Now, but, um, nah, it was good. It was. Few hits went in nice and early, so you were straight into it. No holding back, and yeah. sore bodies getting until the older lads and these 4G pitches were, were not built for them. But <laughs> and it's faster. We actually the ball was in play for five minutes, I think it was. And oh really? From the start, from the kick off, I and mean, we threw an intercept. They scored, but literally everyone was looking around each other, going, "How long's left? Ball's <laughs> well, been in play for five minutes. This is ridiculous. This cannot cannot maintain oh for the rest of it." So, look, great occasion though.
1: Brilliant stuff And Jason what about you Like it was a busy weekend For you as well But then also a brilliant weekend And you were flat out there You know Covering stuff all weekend Mm. as well But um, Yeah like it's Like I suppose what a time for Irish rugby We'll we'll kind of really get stuck Into the game now in a minute But what did you make Of the whole weekend What was your kind of Overall thoughts on the whole thing
3: Yeah I mean it was good I mean look as in as James said, like we expected, England to come out. We expected a bit of a backlash, like, and we expected we they were never going to be as bad as they were against France. That was an anomaly of a game, mm. and they're coming over to trying to spoil the party. The pressure is on this Irish team. The fact that we'd never won a Grand Slam in Dublin. So, look, I mean, at the end of the day, like, we, we didn't put thirty, forty, fifty points past them, but we still put on a very good game, and we got the result. We got a Grand Slam. I mean, that's. We can't, yeah. I think our expectations are going to be too high at time sometimes we don't realise how good we have it at the moment.
1: Yeah, I was actually, I was saying like, th- that was the thing. I think we were even talking to, I, I rammed the door into Ian Keatley in the, the men's toilets before before the game. He was holding a, a cup of coffee and so that was my kind of start to the whole day. Like, and uh, <laughs> hopefully I didn't break any of his ribs or anything like that. But we were talking about it on the the lift on the way up at the at Aviva Stadium and the big talk was like, are Ireland going to have that fast start that they normally have? Like, are they going to c- get a try in the first five or 10 minutes as well? And it was almost like, that didn't happen then as well and and then the kind of it got into like everybody was hoping that it wasn't going to be raining as well if it was clear you thought ireland might kind of pull away and have a good game but i think it was after 20 minutes it was like 6-3 to england and mm. and everybody's looking around each other saying we're in a dogfight you know like it was what was your kind of sense of the mood in the stadium on the evening then as well
2: yeah look i think especially that first 15 20 it was just like we were hoping for a fast start it was mm. just that tense atmosphere I think that no one wanted to make a mistake no one wanted to be the first person to to have a crack and do something because England were just going to go look we'll play a kicking game mm. Um we'll play the way Bortick would have reverted to type and got back to the way Leicester used to play and just kick the letter off it and just use the defence trust defence, fence and it's just nervy and edgy and we we're making little unforced errors that we normally don't do and I think Hugo Keenan made a few mm. errors and he, that doesn't happen yeah, you know yeah. he, well, yeah. it hasn't happened to now and, and Tyke Furlong obviously a little bit fresh back few balls ate the back went to floor and everyone was just a little bit like okay let's just yeah settle down a little bit things that were working before weren't working so they just went back and and, and played this simple thing it was look it was it was a bit of a kicking battle and um but i think ireland wore them down eventually wore them down that little bit but you'd expect those nerves because uh as jason said it was a, a lot on it you know a lot riding on at the first home uh grand slam ever yeah. and yeah, players are going to be here with that nervousness. And again, I know I'm looking forward again. They have to be able to deal with this adversity and nerves and be in a, in a big game situation, be favourites, not be playing great and yet pull out the,
1: the victory. Yeah, there was a bit, I remember like, I think it was Freddie Stewart and Hugo Keenan. It was like I was transported back to 2009. And it was just this kick in tennis that was going on for... It felt like two minutes of just kicking the ball that, straight back and forward. <laughs> like, and um, But yeah, the, the likes of it, I thought, like, Jack Willis played well for England. Uh, Toje was really up for it, doing dancing every now and then. It was a turnover one as well. Uh, a few of them... Anthony Watson, I thought, was good as well. But from an Irish point of view, Jason, who kind of, like... Not everybody was having the perfect game, but who mm. kind of stood up for you then? To, like in that game there on Saturday.
3: Yeah, I mean, if, look across the board, I think Johnny had a good game. I think Gibson Park played well. I thought Conan was really good when he came off yeah. the bench. I thought Mac Hansen had another great game. Look across the pitch, like none of them had their. barred at a great game. Honestly, like mm. a lot, lot of pressure on him, like young kid coming in, like and if he, if you told him at the start of Six Nations, he'd be playing England. In Dublin for a Grand Slam, and he'd be in the starting lineup. I don't think he would have yeah. expected that because he'd burn ahead of me, he at Henderson ahead of him. Mm. I mean, what is you, you know, he's still only 21. 23, I think. Twenty three, yeah. yeah. so he's still quite young. Um, I thought Aki. I mean, there was a lot of pressure on Aki over the last few weeks because he, he had that bad game against Italy. Because I know he was out of position at thirteen because he's a twelve, but like he stood up, had to get one of his one of his better games. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to look at. Like, I mean, if you look at it as well, like we scored, we scored four tries at the end. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, like, we can't, and you also have to remember as well, like the last time we did this was 2018, like how many of those players were playing the weekend? And this is like first time for Mac Hansen, first time for James Lowe, first mm-hmm. time for the likes of Bard. Like remember we had Mac on the show last year and he was saying he lost, was it 11 finals in a row? And he said, if I lose one more, I said, I'm quitting rugby. <laughs> so that was essentially like a final the weekend Yeah. to yeah. him. Like, so like that's the first bit of silverware he's ever won. Yeah, for a lot of guys, if like, you don't yeah. think about it that way, like I know a lot of those Lencer guys have won silver, that's the first thing he's won, yeah. So that's going to stand a, a huge test to them going forward, especially looking towards the, the World Cup.
1: The uh, the Bundy one is an interesting one because I was saying that we're talking about maybe we'll get on to with Farrell later, but recency bias. I remember it being uh, Idi when uh. Bundy was sent off for the the high tackle on Billy Vunapola there a couple of years ago. Yes. And I probably, I was probably just in the heat of the moment, but I remember tweeting out like, That's, that could be the end of him now because like, Hume was coming up, Ringrose and Henshaw were there. There's McCluskey always around there saying like, two two red cards in 18 months you got for Ireland. I was like, that could be him done and I've kind of had to eat that tweet and I always get, <laughs> it gets quoted back to me every now and then like when he has a good game and and kind of rightfully so but like the season that he had like, you know, like he's not getting many minutes at uh, Connacht as well. Um, he's kind of like, Had the red carrot earlier on this. That was this season as well. It feels like a lifetime ago. Like And like, so it hasn't had the easiest of seasons with Connacht as well, but came in again, started on the bench for Ireland, but then finishes as like the big go-to guy for Ireland at the weekend. Just as a centre, what was your kind of, your take on his performance? Yeah,
2: no, look, I was impressed with what he did at the weekend. And I, I take on board the stuff that has gone beforehand. I don't think it's his best season, but it's good to see someone who can just produce when they need to produce in a big game and mm. and, and we need that and again looking, looking down down the barrel to say World Cup it's a squad effort you're going to need players who can play well multi-positional Bundy's obviously just going to be in your centres but he can cover both wasn't great against Italy as been highlighted plenty of times, but very impressed what he did, and especially for for Henshaw's uh, score there. Yeah. Like, you know, he just pulled himself back, through it in perfectly, and just, uh, it's, it looks really easy, but it's a lot of work right off the ball that he brought in there, and uh, I thought he was good defensively against Tualangi as well, you know, because he was a decent threat for England, and yeah, um, they missed him big time, and I think Bundy did a good job in nullifying what he'd done. But yeah, I think his, uh, Andy Farrell's camp and environment seems to have, paid dividends there and Bundy's bought into that massively so and reap rewards for Ireland
1: yeah mm. are, are you like you know because you'd be kind of uh have the finger on the pulse a good bit in terms of some of the players but like what have you heard about like the Andy Farrell thing and like again like we're like this isn't any kind of slight on Joe Schmidt or anything like that but it was like he had his time absolutely like set the foundations almost for his success and then Farrell's kind of kicked on as well but there seems to be a bit more kind of like uh yeah, relaxed vibe kind of again nothing against Schmidt as well he had his way of running things as well but it seems to be a very kind of like the players are all in the form like O'Mahony's talking about how great the camp is have you heard similar stuff as well
2: yeah pre- look pretty much uh, look you can look at it as well and you can see Lancaster now and Leinster and everyone talking about how good Leinster are playing how well they are you go back to Lancaster's time as England coach and the England players hated it and said it was mm. two school teacher headmaster and schoolboy, whatever and Maybe Joe Schmidt was something similar, you know, where it was just regime, this is what we're doing. Um, and Andy Farrell was involved in that, but then he's come in and gone, right, I'll see what works, what doesn't work. I want to put my own print on this. Mm. And small it's small things. It's getting everyone involved it's letting players express themselves a lot more it's even small things like the players have their own coach going to training and there's no okay, staff yeah, on yeah. that they have a separate ones so the players can kind of more relax as opposed to oh, the coaches are on put your head there and be quiet it's not like that at all it's just it seems you can see even after the game at the weekend the families everyone out there it's all encompassing it's that's happy environment that they've created, and it's it's telling that players are out there expressing themselves. Mac Hansen, I think, been yes, been a huge yeah. person to benefit from that. Even when there was that kicking tennis going on, he just has a little break and has a little slalom through, yeah. and and that gets everyone going on the front foot. He goes, "I've had enough of this, and we have a crack back because that's the player he is, rather than no catch, kick it back, yeah, because that's what you're told to do. It's player instincts, and players have been told to do that. And look, it's 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 great going forward, and it's yeah players are only very happy which can only be good
1: oh yeah there's an interesting. i only saw it this morning i don't know how recent this was eddie jones was given a, a kind of talk about management and, and mm. kind of leadership and stuff as an interest to was he, he was kind of saying that um they used to have arranged player meetings in, in a and they'd set up the whole team room and then none of the coaches would show up mm. and they'd have hidden cameras and they'd see what players were going to lead the meeting then and and they would do that with a couple of training Clever. sessions as well the whole things the tackle pads would be set up and the coaches just wouldn't bother showing up. I don't know if Andy Farrell is going to those extremes as well, but this kind <laughs> I of hope of, not. Yeah, <laughs> I think it certainly helps. I might try Farrell. that in my job. Yeah, just not show up one day and see <laughs> if else true. gets on. Yeah,
3: I think it certainly helps with Farrell the fact that he's that little bit younger as well, and that he can kind of relate with the players. And you have to remember as well is that like he played rugby league and rugby union at a very high level, so he was an unbelievable rugby league mm-hmm. player. And then he went to a World Cup with England, so he can relate to these big matches, these big occasions, these big squads, these big personalities. Whereas maybe Joe probably would have been a little bit different to that. He he was more of a school teacher, yeah. You Not know, very good at organizing. But Farrell is like, you know, I've been there, and he's also he's, you know, his son is England captain as well. Like, so I think it's probably a lot easier to relate to him.
2: I think as well, like you've got to give credit, to even a small bit, Kidney and then Joe yeah. as well, just for bringing on that Irish, that, that Irish side. And then I think, and he's just taking it to to a new level. You know, yeah. I think yeah. it's that winning mentality initially, but now it's winning and playing well and been able to score tries so rather than relying on certain power plays. Even though we did. Kind of get a power play or a set piece <laughs> try, you know, at the weekend that went a little bit back to, yeah, well, we only had one style of playing kind of. And if, we were, if we we're coming up against a team uh, under Joe and they were able to hold us out, where do we go? You know, it's like, yeah. what's our plan B? Here, mm-hmm. there seems to be loads of plans and different options. And if something's not working, the players can problem solve on the field, uh, yeah, and are given that given that autonomy to do that yeah
1: yeah and it's like i was actually there was one probably touching this a little bit more later when we kind of go into like world cup and, and kind of who can kind of even push through as well like but there was an in, like, there was some great photos going on at the weekend but there was one i saw of uh Stuart mccloskey uh bundy Yaki gary ringrose and robbie henshaw all celebrating with their medals together and i was just thinking jamie osborne wasn't in the picture and you have james hume who was like gonna probably play in that last summer's tour in new zealand till he got injured as well like so and you have even like the likes of Stuart Moore then as well. And even Antoine Frisch as well. Like, Great you know, like, we're talking about eight centers there. Like it's, it's incredible. But the, the thing I kind of wanted to uh, maybe even let you take the floor on this one is the big one that everyone's kind of mm-hmm. talking about. And it was so funny to see some of the post-match interviews, the Irish and, and English media were both in the same interviews down on the pitch afterwards. And all the Irish people talking about, you know, how far can this Ireland team go? And then the English questions were all about the red cards. So like, yeah. it, for them, it was the story of the game. And, and again, like we're kind of celebrating like, oh yeah, whatever, we're going to win anyway. But, what was your take on the mm-hmm. whole thing? Like, I, yeah, will like, yeah. Actually, no. I'll, I'll oh, give you my opinion in a second.
3: Look, I'm interested to see what everyone thinks, like, because that's the whole thing about it. And like, you're getting such a divided opinion over this right car. But for me, if I'm looking at it, I think, yeah, certainly. There, I don't think there's not much. There's not much there that Freddie Stewart can do. Unfortunately, I mean, he can't just disappear. He can't just stop. He's committed. But at the same time. The outcome of what happened was is he elbowed him into the face. Mm. So the way I was, tra- I was trying to think about it on the train up this morning, it's like, it's like if I'm driving my car and there's an oil slip on the road or there's a water slip or whatever, right? And I put my foot in the brakes and I keep sliding and I go back into the, I go into the back of someone. I didn't do it on purpose, but I still have to deal with the consequences. And I still have to deal with the fact that I have just rear-ended someone and I'm in trouble for that. And it's my responsibility. So, Yes. It was an accident. He didn't mean it, but it was a red right card, unfortunately, because he with him clean into the face.
2: Yeah, what would you think about? It? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would. Wouldn't be far off that because it's. But I feel very, very sorry for him. I can understand he has milliseconds to to try and change. The natural reaction is to brace. It's, it all comes from Hansen's pass goes forward. Hugo Keenan's uh, uh, body structure changes because he bends forward. Yeah was coming forward to make the tackle, he's not in the same position. Reaction is to turn, okay, I still think he's kinda of turned in with a hip, but it's your natural action is to is to protect yourself. It's not an outcome based. Yeah. Um, like Keenan's gone for the rest of the game, mm. it's not outcome based, but letter of law. I, personally I would have said, okay, if you got a yellow, maybe, but letter of law, yeah, you gotta he's gotta go, unfortunately, you know. And yeah. I feel I can feel for him, I have sympathy for him. Mm. But nowadays the, you can't.
1: Yeah, you know I, mean? I, I kind of initially would have thought Yellow myself I probably still would Kind of be like that as well But um, I did see like All the It was so funny Watching like the English legends If you're looking at it on Twitter Like we're all uh, Joe Marler, like he was like, ridiculous, utter, utterly bollocks, I think was his one. And then he, <laughs> he he subtweeted that later in the evening and said, oh, this isn't about Rugby Union, by the way. <laughs> like Because he hadn't kind of said what he was giving out about, so he could get away with that one. But yeah, like Will Carling, Matt Dawson, Austin Healy, all kind of fuming about it. And oh, what's he supposed to do? Get out, like, you know, disappear. But then I saw another guy on Twitter, like uh, Manus Lapp, and he kind of does a lot of stuff. And he was just saying... Yeah he, he could have just Soaked it You know like he could have Just taken the impact like, Yeah But he didn't have to Turn his elbow into him as well So But there is a part where like If you're watching it on TV You're thinking This is outrageous But to be at the ground It's kind of interesting Because they're just showing Slow-mo replays It looks worse than slow-mo And yep. each replay The fans are like Whoa
4: Like this is yeah. Like,
1: and, and then it's building up And the pressure's there So, you, And then you know Jacko Piper is all of a sudden going I've no other option here you know mm-hmm. as well so um, but it, it was the, the the change in the game then wasn't it it felt like it was game over it, it, it took Ireland another 20 odd minutes to kind of seal the deal but it, the game was kind of changed after that point wasn't it
2: yeah hugely hugely of course like you know because it was a tense game England had done enough and, and even after the red card you've got to give a hell of a lot of credit to the English side because they really did well out there with 14 men and they frustrated the Irish and um, St- you could see there were time wasting, lads mm. are going down, every break in play, scrum pens, the scrums are going well. Um, there were certain fights off the ball. They were just trying to make it a bar fight, you know, yeah. and yeah. Um, put Ireland off their game and it was pretty effective. Um, as, and, and it was like you mentioned, Ryan Baird there. And yeah. he had a huge turnover in that 60 minutes where in our 22, where Baird gets over it. Um, and eventually, from the, the resulting line, we get the crossfield kick and the five minute scrum and we score from that. But it's that turnover that these moments change the game and, yeah. uh, and it changed the whole outlook. We needed a score just because it was tense and as I said, England's done an immense job in, in frustrating us.
1: What do you think about like, the like, of so you we touched on a little bit earlier on, but like Baird, I remember talking to O'Connell before like the 2021 Lions Tour and he was saying he still felt he needed to, you know, put a bit of like mm. timber on him, which, which you might call it as well, but he was still thinking, like there is, he could still play blindside as well, couldn't he? But yeah. what do you think his future is in the second row for Ireland? Like,
3: I think so. Well, it depends on how things are looking, but it's not like I think it's it's more and more getting towards that hybrid second row six thing. Like, a lot of you see, you had your you like your Courtney Laws and stuff with England. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I told you, it does it, and we've got Byrne that does it, and now we've got Baird that does it as well. Like, so, that kind of even Henderson does it as yeah. well. That kind of hybrid oh, pooms, second coombs yeah. as a so it's becoming more that as in, like, in all positions now, like, you can't just be a I'm a six, yeah, I'm a second row. He to there's so much competition there and all you need to be a hybrid so I think it's nice to have him as a hybrid option but you just mentioned O'Connell there, that's something we didn't kind of bring up as well that's, we all the praise yes, were it. given to Sandy Farrell I think mm. he, he, so we should give him some more praise for his backroom team and what he did in terms of the fact that when he first came in things weren't working and then he brought in Paul O'Connell and he brought in Mike Catt. and like, they've, they've done an incredible job because the, the difference since O'Connell has come in has been so noticeable
2: Yeah, and I think the players I think James Ryan has had a magnificent season as well, and he's learned a hell of a lot from Paul. He's got, look, everyone knows the history of Paul and what he's done, but yeah. people listen to him. He walks in a room and you listen to him. And I think at the game at half time, you could see Paul talking to the backs. Uh, okay. in The cameras in the dressing room and went up to it, and he was having a conversation with the backs, and I'm sure he was saying, Look, they're down to 14. But just kind of control things maybe a little mm-hmm. bit before you get too excited and go wide. But like let the lads win it up front initially, and then we can go. Uh, maybe he was saying something completely different. But I was, uh, I was interested just to see him having yeah. that impact. And everyone, you can see his focus on everything that Paul is saying. And yeah, like he's got that respect. But he also has his knowledge is unbelievable. Yeah, you know yeah. it's it's second to none. And players can only get better by asking questions, learning from them, and, and be sponges around them and absorb all that information.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think even on the red card as well, I think, I remember reading a few things kind of going, oh, Ireland were uh, gift-wrapped and handed a Grand Slam. Like Kind of like, you do realise like, they had to win the other game before that yeah. and the fact that they were leading. Like, if you look at that, right, we just got the Dan and troy before the red card. It's finally starting to break them down. Mm. Then they got the red card. They actually came out then, as you said, firing in the second half because they had to. Yeah. I, I think even, uh, I think uh, the, the red card almost benefited England for the first twenty minutes of the second half. I think we're gonna win that I don't I think the red card was was uh, reflective of the result. I don't yeah. think made a, it made a difference. Ireland were gonna win that game anyway, to be honest with you. That's my own opinion, like I think. Yeah, they're kind of saying if they didn't get the red card that it ruined the game, it ruined the contest. I don't I don't agree with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, there is that kind of thing, like and, and that's the whole thing. Like, let's say like Ireland could have won that six nations the year on Matt and he got, you know, sent off against Wales and Billy Burns had that kind of kick mm. for a touch that he didn't make. But like and, and that was the end of their kind of the, the Grand Slam aspirations as well like so but like again O'Mahony deserved to go as well and you guys are kind of I've mm. uh, been, you know like I would say yeah like the Stewart kind of again like they're, they're trying to cut that stuff out again it's just a different referee might have a different interpretation on it but but, yeah. but that's what they kind of had to take as well And um, but it's still it was, I think it was like 10-9 coming up to like 60 minutes O'Mahony went off then um who was kind of good in defense i think he'd got like uh, lost the forward a couple of times like but overall like a really great championship for O'Mahony we were talking about there last week he's kind of in the form of his life again like you know like but jack conan then like what a difference he kind of made off the bench then as well and it's like a big turnover
2: for him as well wasn't it yeah huge and i think you look at the pressure that he would have put himself under as well you know being uh, been the lions and then uh, not necessarily a guaranteed starter with ireland and you might think that okay, would you go with uh Cailin, Josh and, and Pete to start a lot of the time and yeah. But Jack was super off the bench, you know, the impact he made, he just gets his head down, he grass and he had a huge impact, you know. And I think the last day when people were talking, sorry, against Italy it was, I think, and when Kalen was playing six that he wasn't mm. involved in the game as much and then when they swapped him around, oh, he was a lot better then and like that's a lot. Jack's listening to that, you know, going, Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a, it's a driving force for all oh, like, oh, we need him to be playing but I think he 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 kind of showed it up to a lot of critics that he had, and and again, looking forward, he's just shown that there's versatility there where you can shift around that back row when need be, and and bring a different game plan. And yeah, I was delighted for him, and that offload he had was yeah was yeah. more class for the, in the corner for Sheen. So that was
1: but, it. Like I suppose you when you were watching that, like, <clears throat> what when was the moment you kind of finally went. I think we got this here in the bag. Like was was it that moment the second Sheehan try? Like, I or? think,
3: yeah, I think it was when Conan had that off like the and the kind of you kind of, kind of relaxed and I know they kinda of came back into that time, mm. which kinda of like, Okay, even before the Herring trial, you're kinda of like, okay, we're kinda of safe here, like and I don't think you're gonna throw it away. And look to, to be honest with you, at all times I never thought Ireland were gonna lose that game. Yeah. I knew it was going to be a tight game, but never for never once. I don't know. You might disagree with me. Never once that I think we're going to lose that game. To be honest with you,
2: no. I was. I think at the start, I was kind of a little bit nervy. nervy, a little bit nervy like yeah. everyone else. And I think the atmosphere in the ground, especially the second that that start of the second half of the twenty minutes, you could feel it in the ground. Yeah, because it was it was a little bit quieter. England were doing absolutely everything right. We weren't, and I just think it needed one. Just need to get something to break it the down, score, yeah. you know, and just yeah. get it over. Yeah. And then we were, we could see the players, even when Johnny Sex and his conversion hands up in the air. Do you know, it's just that sense of relief that mm. we're in control of here now. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and they have to change what they do, and they weren't going to be able to. Okay, they got a couple of scores, but I think that Ireland were in control of it all the way. Agree with you, hundred percent,
1: yeah, hundred percent. And and that was it. Like then, it's like, um yeah, like you know, d- there we go. Like second Grand Slam in five years, then as well, and like fourth of all time, and. And then, like, kind of Rob Herring even getting off the bench and kind of showing, again, how valuable of a kind of player he is. Like, I was talking about like Bundyaki as well. Like, what a guy to kind of be able to bring off the bench as well. And and that was it. Like, the, the game was sealed then as well. And then, like, all of a sudden, once the fans knew we were winning, like, the the last 10, 50 minutes was like a party in in, in the stadium. And and then whoever knew that, like, Gala, freed from desire, would just become back to be <laughs> such a kind of a sports classic. Like, because that was, like... You can see all the players are loving it as well. It was big during the World Cup as well, wasn't it? Um, so, yeah, just brilliant kind of scenes as well. Like And um, <laughs> there was little bits, I suppose, like we, we saw over on TV at the weekend, we saw uh, Pete O'Mahony and Kyle Sinclair uh, arguing about uh, who knows what they're giving out about, but uh, a jersey swap maybe or something like that. Like, But, yeah, ITV picked up a little bit of that. But um, other stuff going on all over the place, I was saying... Yeah, you could see Paulie kind of watching all the players kind of standing on his own, kind of soaking it all in, but letting all the players celebrate and stuff. And like, is there anything you kind of saw, like when you were kind of watching all those kind of celebrations and scenes of anything that stood out to you, Jason?
3: Um. Yeah, I disagree with Andy saying that Johnny's the greatest player oh, of all yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> That's one thing I will yeah. say. I think he got caught up in the moment. a small bit as good as Johnny was. Like I think, like we'll get I mean, up, we'll to get onto on that. We'll
1: up. get onto that in the next bit now about yeah. that. But yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. But <laughs> we'll I do, I do think moment. I do think it was someone else. But, we'll give you, oh, in we'll in give the, you the, the floor for that. In yeah. the celebrations, I know I didn't take much notice of that up because once it, once we won it, like I was actually uh, at a stag the weekend and so I was like, yeah, once the trophy was lifted, I was like, I'm going straight to the bar. See you later.
1: There was a big. was the people who were watching it then on ITV were complaining because they switched. They oh missed yeah, the trophy lift. they show. switched to ITV four, uh, but the main broadcast then switched because I had to go to Anton Deck's Saturday Night Takeaway. Okay, like so, some people were hit, flipping <laughs> the lid, like you know, like and saying oh, if it was England, that would never happen as well. Like, but, um, but yeah, like I thought, like did, you were kind of up in the stands doing Sephora weren't you? With, with Ian Keatley as yeah. well, and anything that, that you sort stood out to you?
2: Um, look. I think when the the players are kind of in their little corner um if you saw that they mm. were kind of all had their little moment of kind of dancing around but while that was going on just had a look and all the backroom staff got up onto the podium and, oh, okay. and, yeah, and yeah. got a photo together and um just shows what like they left the players do their own thing and mm. it, again it shows that kind of environment but also how tight-knit the backroom staff is as well uh, and then of course just Families like everyone's family and kids running around. Yeah. And again, it just for me it was the whole environment of everything and that he's created and um yeah look what an occasion it was. Yeah. So good, so good to be there in person because again first one at home.
1: Yeah, it was great. Like that was it, even there. Like that's the, the beauty of it. Just kind of the hanging around and kind of watching stuff and and just seeing yeah all the families and stuff and and like. And I actually really liked as well... The English kind of players... Stuck around as well and like... Yeah. like for a while... For, yeah... For,
2: and for that's... that's I've been... <laughs> I've been in a, in that position... Where you've, you've lost a, a final... Or you've lost something like that... And it's not nice... It's horrible mm. to be honest with you... Mm. And when it goes on for so long... And you're waiting for... TV to come back and bring in... You're just hanging around and... Fair play to them you know... And even... Yeah. Even actually watched... When the players were coming up... The Irish players are coming up... And they're going through... Um, 1 to 23 and... Some of the English players... Would clap at the start and then fade away, but a good few of them clap for for twenty three players and yeah yeah that takes a lot as well. So, you know, um yeah. It's 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 a tough, tough position to be in. And look, you kinda use that as motivation, I'm sure they will. Kind of yeah. go forward, that'll be like, right, you're yeah. out there, you know what it feels like, you don't wanna be there again. So yeah. Um yeah, was, but that was an observation I picked up. Yeah,
1: and then the other one I kind of spotted as well was like, well, Jack Conan just leapt into the crowd at one stage to his mates and stuff as well, and and family. And then I saw Ryan Baird from one side of the pitch. This is after like playing like eighty minutes, or whatever. But his mates were all over the far, you know, the far stand. I think maybe the east stand, and they must he must have heard them, and then he just sprinted like you know at the end of the game, full sprint. And then just was just jumped into them and all like t- t- with 10 mates and they're all celebrating nice with them class. as well and kind of really? like to have the, as I said like that's to be 23 again and not to kind of feel like <laughs> any damage or pain at the end of the game it's like that. Something
3: to, to remember there as well as the fact like this is our first time doing it at home. Yeah. So like I remember being over in Twickenham in 2018 for that like and obviously they enjoyed it but celebrations were, were a bit muted because logistically like you can only get certain people over to see you over if you're playing over in England or France but like everyone was in Dublin friends, family it was the first time this ever happened so like how cool is it to look out and know that? Like, everyone's there.
2: Absolutely. And I was there. I was the same, the same as you, Jason. I was there for that 2018. And yeah. obviously here in Twickenham. It was freezing cold that day. Oh, I remember stuff. it was <laughs> yeah. horrendous. absolutely But then you're, 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 like, you do win it and everyone leaves the stadium. Well, most people leave the stadium because they're English. And you expect that. No one left their seats um for ages, you know, yeah. like for a long, long time <laughs> after that. And there's music blaring, as you said, like it was... It was amazing to to hear and to be part of it, and even when people were leaving, another thing was that the players were still out in the field. Sometimes you might just walk in, but they mm. were absorbing absolutely every minute of this, yeah. you know. And and you've got to enjoy these moments because first time ever yeah. been at what happened again enjoy, exactly. You yeah. know? It's now like there's more player, people on the on the pitch than a good while after the, the final whistle's gone, then we were in the stadium and they were just having their moment and yeah. not, not wanting it to end.
1: Yeah, there was a, yeah. no. I think it was probably an hour or hour and a half afterwards, like we were down in the, the, the press conference room then as well, and you had Bortwick and, and Farrell came through first and, and they kind of were... Um. Yeah. Given Ireland, they're very good as well. For given Ireland, their Jews as well, and kind of like. But yeah, like I think this is the third year in a row England have finished fourth in the Six Nations. So a very or fifth, fourth or fifth, and lost three games. Like so strange one for them. Like there'll be a lot of kind of like ma- major kind of stuff that like, they have like three or four games to get it right before they go to the World Cup as well. But then Farrell and and um and Johnny Sexton came in as well. And uh, yeah, lots of kind of nice stuff talked about. You know, kind of where where they've been to, like and. Uh, you know, Farrell kind of talking about the kind of, th- again, putting it all back on the players' shoulders as well. Uh, so we'll hear a little bit of that, about that now and then we'll also hear Jason, Andy Farrell's uh, big claim, big, big claim about Johnny Sexton <laughs> that we'll, we'll talk about now. So we'll listen to that now.
4: I've just been saying to Johnny that there's bigger fish to fry than this, you know. So, we're on to the World Cup. No, we're not. We're going to enjoy this next 48 hours at 100%, but... Uh, we're a good side that's nowhere near reached its potential. And I've kept on saying over the last couple of weeks that uh, that's what we're striving to do. Um, like Johnny said, we'll get a few people back um, to, to to compete and, and train hard. And, you know, everyone's going to get better in, a, in in the summer. We get to spend a lot more time together, so we, we expect our, our, our side, when we get to
0: the first game of the World Cup, to be a lot better than what we are now, and that's the reality. I think the, the best thing about them is he hasn't changed one bit from going from assistant to head coach. Uh, still, still very popular even with the lads. He doesn't pick. Um, you know, we've been able to, I put this bounce back after I let myself down when get I d- got taken off against France. Uh, that was probably the low point, um, real low point. And for you, then for you, or for me, uh, for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, and. This is a high point, but I hope it's not the highest point. Um, but a very special coach. Like, you know, when you have him, Paul O'Connell and Simon Easterby, Cathy, John Fogarty, motivating you during the week. Like, it's, uh, it's a pretty special dressing room to be part of. So all credit to, to him, really, to, for putting it together. Um, and uh, yeah, roll on, roll on the World Cup. That's what we need to, to focus on now. On such an occasion like that, and for Captain Johnny here
4: to 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 finish his Six Nations uh, campaign, he's he's been saying all week, this is what dreams are made of, like, you know. he doesn't come around that often, and it's unbelievably fitting that, in my opinion, uh, the best player ever to play for Ireland is able to sign off on a Grand Slam on St Patrick's Day in front of his own crowd, and you know, just there's a lot of Stars that have aligned over over the course of the last eight weeks have come together, accumulated into this evening.
1: Okay, so there we have yeah, Johnny Sexton and Andy Farrell, like uh, you know, just talking about the kind of you know where Ireland have been, and then even looking forward to the World Cup, which we'll kind of touch on a little bit as well. But yeah, uh, Farrell said there, it's like for for our, you know Ireland's best ever player to kind of, you know, win a Grand Slam at home on St. Patrick's Day weekend. Like, you know, it doesn't get any better than this as well. And um, yeah, like, I don't know. I was actually saying, well, Jason we'll let you go for first here but do, you have, <laughs> do you have a few other candidates for it like, uh, yeah, I think I mean, I,
3: look, look I think you've kind of caught me him up moment. I think Johnny is certainly up there as one of our greatest players ever Like, but I, I still think that mantle belongs to, to Brian O'Driscoll like, and I think there's even an argument that someone like Paul O'Connell might be slightly above him but he's certainly up there you know mm. I mean look, look it's only a comment like a comment to he's Ireland's best ever player like you know I don't think he's going to fight us too much about it Like, <laughs> would
2: <laughs> he surpass if he won a World Cup?
3: I think if you won a World Cup I think you can't yeah you can't deny them but mm. I think I, I don't know I suppose it's each to own like personally mm. I think I think Brian Driscoll is probably the greatest centre of all time yeah so like I mean if he's I think he puts I think he's just he's that little bit ahead of everyone else I think
2: agreed yeah yeah no I'd agree on that point now that yeah. Driscoll is our greatest ever player I think you know it's everything he did on the field and not and and not with the strongest sides all the time yeah, know, yeah. whilst if you if you'd say now if you put him in this team like where would it go or where would it be you know be a well, okay, Ringrose might have to... have something to say about <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. But even still, I think <laughs> mm, yeah. just we're so lucky to have these players. And even Johnny the weekend, just Six Nations points as well. And that's his last Six Nations game yes, in the Viva yeah, yeah. and by our World, uh, World Cup warm-ups, It's uh, we won't be seeing too much of him. So enjoy him while we can.
1: Yeah, they asked him about that after as well. Like, are you sure you're finished? And he kind of didn't give it like a concrete no, but he was like... And then he's hard. was like, no, no, I'm done. Like, you're like you uh, <laughs> kind of was o- leaving it open there a little bit. But
2: Marys, I think he's not going to blame for Marys. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Be interesting to see. I wonder, did Roger uh, drop my text after he overtook him? I wonder, like, cuz remember they're good piles now? Like, so yeah, Supplies no one asked no that days, question. I've no doubt he did. I'm, no, right? of course he did. Yeah, they're yeah. good piles now. Like in fairness, yeah. like, but I'd say there was a bit of a slagging anyway, back and forth. If he finally overtook him,
1: it was kind of like yeah, with the best player stuff, I was kind of saying like, yeah, you almost have to park the amateur era, like, and say it's it's unfair almost to kind of compare those type of players back then. Yeah, like, so I was kind of say yeah, professionally, right again i'd still probably put O'Driscoll up there yeah and then maybe Sexton in between him and, and o'connell like for me but then even lads like there who now this guy's got a, a long you know good few like miles left in the clock as well like tyke furlong as well i'd be almost certain to put him up there and then conor murray as well and it was great to see the two of them having a little trophy lift together and stuff like that and, and yeah even for um you know for a lot of like even those two boys they've had like not easy seasons like you know in terms of like uh you know and the fact that they keep coming back and producing the goods all the time says something about them as well. Like, so you know, we're talking about a lot of like players here who will go down, even like they're almost like living legends at the moment because mm. of the, the stuff they're achieving as well. But there's that big debate now as well. Like, you probably is this the best Ireland team ever? Like, and let's maybe even just talk about the professional era again. You know, would they be like, or do they have to win a world cup to kind of like put them
2: over the top there? Winning a world cup would be or yeah, semi final, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's what it is. if if you win a world cup, you have to yeah yeah yeah. it's it's something we've never done um it's when i like the belgian football team our golden generation at the moment you know and yeah it's tough it's it's it'll be tough i just think it's gonna it's it's gonna be world cup based Uh if if they take that mantle in, in my opinion on that like because it's yes they've done um the grand slam and they've done it the hard way as well with plenty of adversity but yeah it's, it's all unfortunately <laughs> it's,
0: coming down yeah. to a world. Cup it's a hard, it's
3: a it, horrible thing to say, is, it, isn't it? it like, is, like, but uh, it's true because, yeah. like, we've we've won Grand Slams before. We've won Six Nations. I know they made history when they went over and they beat New Zealand for the first time. Yeah. But like, if you go away, like you, sorry, look at the last year, Test series down in New Zealand, making history. You beat the world champ, the current world Champions mm. of Africa in Dublin. You've won a Grand Slam. But if you go to the World Cup now and you get knocked out of the quarter final, it's all forgotten about.
2: Yeah, and, and and again, you're yeah. saying professionally, it's professional sport, and yeah, you're, it's results based business. There's no point in being, which we were four years ago, nearly the best side outside of the World Cup or the, yeah. for, the form team going into it, and, and it doesn't count for anything.
1: I remember, like in 2019, then when Ireland kind of had that tough year after you know that, that amazing 2018 they had, but it was almost like the World Cup favourites like hot potato nobody wanted it in 2019 and it was like God oh, no you, you're so it was interesting to pick up Fabien Galtier speaking at the weekend after France beat Wales and he was saying we're the team to beat in this World Cup like and I was saying I actually probably wouldn't argue with that too much I'd say still in a weird way like France favourites for me for the World Cup you know?
2: yeah yeah, no doubt. and I think I think timing wise as well you look at when we played France played France early in the tournament I think as the tournament has gone on France have gotten so good, you know, they are ruthless, it's a World Cup at home, just think if the French crowds get behind them that they're going to be a juggernaut, you know, uh, the momentum goes for them once they keep going. That'd be that'd be very tough to stop. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue with that one mm. bit. I know we're number one, I'll be very confident in our yeah. abilities, but I'd nearly be going, I'd take New Zealand rather than France in a in a quarter. Would, yeah.
3: I think like I mean, like if, if Ireland and France played each other ten times over the next few months, it could be five five. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that it's on in France, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like it's the same thing. We remember now we played them in Dublin. And I think if, if France come to the if we had France in the quarter of a World Cup in Dublin like I think we win that game mm. small Ooh. percentages <laughs>
2: and at that level it's the small little things and it could be that that just knocks it over the line but yeah no, I think uh,
1: yeah I'm going to on the kind of World Cup team I'm going to give you a little exercise I'm going to rather than get you the name of an entire World Cup squad I'm going to name out the players that I put down who I think are locks like guaranteed again like injuries provided like but I'll give you the names that I this is obviously Stephen at the top of my head last night I have Porter, Healy, Sheehan, Callagher, Furlong, Bielham, Byrne, Uh, James Ryan, Baird, O'Mahony, Van der Fleer, Conan, Doris, Gibson Park, Murray, Casey, Sexton, Ross Byrne, Lowe, Hanson, Henshaw, Aki, Ringrose and Keenan. And that's 25. Like to me, like guaranteed. And then I have Henderson and Herring probably going to go as well. Mm. So saying that probably only leaves five or six spots then, which is crazy to think about. But is there anybody else you kind of think that I might have missed off that list who kind of...
3: I either someone in there that shouldn't be there out of only one person. I don't think Ross Byrne is guaranteed to be in there with the way the tense issue is now. I don't think I think he's definitely showed that he's a good option to have there. But I do think there's more left in Joey and there's more left in Jack Crowley, and depending on how the season goes.
2: Yeah, I think I think they've a lot to say in it mm. as well. I don't I again, this is when, especially when you're coming down to the last couple of players, you're looking at kind of versatility, you're looking at players who can cover across because Mm. pre-world cup last time we tried robbie henshaw playing fullback and mm. that didn't work and then i'm sure jimmy o'brien versatile player uh, jimmy osborne can slot in around you have different players who can be versatile joey can obviously cover in jack crowley didn't really get a look at him mm. but i'm sure they yeah. see him in camp every day they see what he can do what he can do in that environment um there is still there's a lot of rugby to be played and also you, you've got to look most years. Someone always falls down. You're always going to lose one or two players um, along the way and that's the nature of it and you've just got to get on with it and I think that's going to have an impact as well and someone big will probably potentially lose out yeah. Uh, yeah. hopefully there's not too much rugby now because it's going to be a preseason, big long pre-season for them but um, yeah so those, those extra in. two
3: players I think really help as well yeah. because it was 31 the last uh, yeah. and now you're 33 and you yeah. saw a lot of coaches what they did is with like two 10s or two 9s yeah. mm. now you can bring your three 9s and your three 10s guaranteed and like, two players makes an awful difference it really does, like, just a little bit extra cover and kind of going. This guy doesn't have to double up here. This guy doesn't have to double up, and maybe you can go. I can bring a specialist twelve or I can yeah. bring a specialist thirteen because I have an extra two spots to play. On with.
1: That was I mean, that was the thing with twenty nineteen. Joey Carberry as third scrum half. If we needed him, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, it's kind of mad there, but yeah, it's interesting to kind of see there, like. Um, yeah, and again, probably Tom O'Toole. Again, you're going to have definitely, like the, instead of like a porter who can cover both sides, you might have three specialists now as well. So uh, yeah, just, but yeah, there's probably only six, seven spots up for grabs in a way and then you hope none of the, the, the big boys really get too injured at all or, or, or out for too long. I think it was interesting as
3: well that we did in uh, commentary I heard it. I think we over the course of Six Nations he played was it 31 or 32 thir- players?
2: 31 I think So yeah. he essentially yeah, played yeah.
3: an entire World Cup squad yeah. over that period that five games of Six Nations yeah. which I don't think that's something we would normally do.
2: Yeah. No but, but that's also it's reflective of the Six Nations that happened and the, knock, the injuries the knock-on effects of people falling over someone stepping in everyone having to step up mm. and that's what i think i'm happy that th- these things happen especially in scotland because yeah. that will happen in a world cup because it's tense you've got people fall over you don't have okay you've four weeks to recover you don't have four weeks to yeah, yeah. you've less than a week and if you're not there next person on the line you're up you know and yeah you can't risk lads and i think that's what he's gotten to you can't risk players you're gone next person's in which yeah. is, what We want, um, so yeah, that,
3: that, that new ruling the way they've done it as well, the way they've spread it out, they've added an extra it's another week or Weekest, 10 days yeah. onto the World Cup so that you there has to be is it something like seven days between yeah. each match, yeah. Whereas, like, you're playing games the last time around, like, after two or three days, and that's just cra- like of, of all sports, rugby, like, you can't be playing, yeah. like, but, but, but even you know, look at like, even the
2: last weekend, Ireland had a six day turnaround, you know, we're getting yeah. into football territory of all mm. six day turn, but like.
3: Six days in football as well. Six days in rugby. Is yeah, exactly. exactly. The bodies I mean,
2: like, is like, okay, well, we can't do too much in a training park. I know it's only one day, but it's 24 hours in rugby is massive because yeah. it's like, okay, well, we can't do too much because you're still recovering on a Wednesday. We'll do some walkthroughs. You know, it's kind of like, okay, momentum has gotten us to this far. Let's, we can't do too much now and everyone yeah. knows what they're doing at this stage. Yeah, we'll definitely
3: make for a better World Cup. They've learned their lesson, like extra, an extra two players and a bit more longer of a break. So that yeah. we, can, yeah. we, we want to see High level test matches and not just guys playing non stop getting injured and not the yeah. we don't want a situation, just half men
2: standing whose who's squad survives, yeah, but it, yeah the, like, like, yeah. Us like oh, four lads, weren't, yeah, uh, 2015. Yeah. yeah, it's like us yeah. in
3: 2015, like yeah. where it's like literally like just whatever we've left, try yeah, and yeah, see yeah, what yeah. happens. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? So,
1: seven weeks in France, you're gonna have a full on French accent by the time you back to that later on this year. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I want to talk then again, like because 2023 World Cup, we're a good space here, but I want to get really into 2027 World Cup here now, mm. uh, just uh, touching on like another grand slam that was there at the weekend and and that's richie murphy now like second year in a row he's won a grand slam with at the under 20s having kind of stepped out of his well not comfort zone but like taking on that kind of head coach kind of mantle then as well after coming away from you know bits you know kicking and attack coaching with ireland and, and a bit of stuff with leinster so he's done an incredible job as well but um you were even saying before we started recording as well that the, the next batch from next year could be even better again like so it's, it's an like these lads it's just it's becoming the norm now, isn't it
2: yeah, look, it is, and uh, I guess you've got to thank the kind of senior side because these kids look up and see um see Ireland winning things winning six nations winning tournaments, and these could be a product of seeing two thousand and nine and go, oh, yeah, I'm going to take a cup rugby and on the back of that players come true, and that's success breeds success um and these younger players are coming through, and yeah, it's 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 a tough job. Richie's done an amazing job. Mm. Um, as you say, two never done two grand slams in a bounce, and we've never had a Six Nations senior and 20 same year. Um, yeah, hats off to them. Yeah. Quality side, and they play great rugby as well, which is yeah, which is always good to see. And yeah, I think the some of the players next year, there's a few boys eligible again next year, and some players coming out of school and first year in uh, NTS and academies and stuff that are going to be uh, interesting to see how they go again next year but it's so good for our rugby yeah. you know it's 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 flying and yeah long may that last that these young players keep coming through the like there is like talking
1: of like yes yeah, it's, it's almost in a weird way of like even when we were talking to like Dave for earlier on this season when we were at the Aviva and he was doing something it's like it's, everyone's now saying, where can we get games for these lads as well? And now it's like, maybe more of this kind of like emerging Ireland type mm. of stuff, but you need to give these lads games because I see even then, Connacht have, not have, have they signed Andrew Smith, the Sevens player, uh, who's Leinster as well, but they've also signed Sean O'Brien, another kind of Leinster young lad. and yeah. um, At least spreading spreading it out a little bit across the provinces. Connacht were already looking for, uh, well, their fans, not not the, not Connacht themselves, maybe Connacht themselves as well, but they're looking for Sam Prendergast saying, he'll <laughs> come to us, he'll get minutes with us, but I can't imagine Leinster going to let go of him he looks like a real talent doesn't he Jason yeah,
3: yeah. without a doubt like, I don't see him getting rid of him, but, like, to be honest with you like, I know they've got, they've got Ross and Harry there but Johnny's gone soon remember that like, so that means Ross going to step and up Frawley. So and Fro- they've got Frawley as well who's, 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 who's 10, 12, 15 so like Frawley, I think he will yeah. get minutes there because Johnny will be gone and like I think that he's a special talent He's only e, what is he, is he? Is he eighteen or nineteen? Is he nineteen, is he? 19, He's a special yeah. talent. He's going places like he just stands out above the rest like like Crowley did like l- yeah, last year. Yeah, like yeah. so but like I think it was interesting as well to see um they were talking about the return of the junior world cup is back this summer. So sort they're of, sand south Africa. So that was off for the last couple of oh, years cause yeah. of COVID. But yeah. if we look back like before that, who dominated that for a couple a good few, a good few years? Was France and before that, France were on the down and France were terrible for years. Yeah. Then their junior sides had done really well, and that certain Antoine Dupont and a few other players popped up in these junior sides. And now they're only starting to benefit from that in the last, we'll say, eighteen months, two years, these guys coming through. So like to have that backbone of an unbelievable young side, it stands it will stand the test of time.
2: And then the the argument there again or, uh, is that is it that the French they're happy to play the players and bring him through and play mm. him for the national side, you know, yeah. are we still, oh, he needs to be of a certain age before we bring him up, you know, while I, I'm kind of trying right there, I don't know is the answer, like, because you bring up Crowley, you've seen how well Crowley's done, yeah. he's brought him in, but I still don't think, as an Asian, we're like, okay, tro- he's 18, mm. he's like, like, okay, Australia do it very differently, like, right, in you go, Boom, yeah. you're 19, you're 20, bang, play, but then, they can break down, and England do it as well to a certain degree. Don't think I still don't think we're the greatest to kind of go.
3: It's changing though if you notice. I do I think, I think age look at shopping. Munster this year, like yeah. as Munster before. We had this conversation. Loads of fans would never be playing young guys, and you've seen a dogboat 19. You've seen when yeah, yeah. Quinn has played this year, I and mean, he's like he's played against Sebra and like this is first years coming off the back of School. Senior Cup yeah. and he played for Munster and years ago like under Van Grand that wouldn't have happened no. yeah. you do, do two know?
2: years yeah, academy is. and you do yeah. Yeah. two or a few years so we're getting better at it definitely yeah. yeah no okay I agree with that one I suppose but just nationally I just think like some boys need to be brought up need to be given that opportunity yeah. You're right, and yeah. if that's a sacrifice for a senior player who's not going to be happy I just think for the benefit of Irish rugby going forward as well once they're involved in the environment They get comfortable It can only be good
3: yeah. yeah That's why I think you do need Those emerging games Or an A team yeah. Because there's just As in there's so many good players Across And we only have four provinces Like whereas France They've got 14 bloody teams In England yeah. They've got 12 mm. professional teams We've only got four provinces We don't want them to leave And go somewhere else Because we want to keep them here yeah. So that we can mind them And manage them And like if you leave You're not eligible for Ireland Well technically I you know it's unwritten rule yeah. But we do want to keep them here So if we do want to keep them here Give them more opportunities to play and find tours from the summer or a games like we used to have the Ireland day, which was on on a Friday.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was an Ireland a yeah. game. Then
3: there was what's called on Saturday. But then again, we're looking at do we have the? Is it possible to 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 do that and put it on extra so much? we will be on at the moment, so yeah, it's, it's
1: difficult. It's like um, even there, like yeah, like does do you go and play like teams in France as well or, or like it's it's um, there was there was talk like one of the questions came in and, and like it might seem far fetched, but it was like. Do we use London Irish now? Was like yeah, like can you use London Irish? as kind of like go get a bit of opportunity, playing opportunity over here in the Premiership. Would London Irish love something like that? Like you know, a batch of like here's five Irish players. I know Rugby Canada used to do it. They'd send like some of their top young players over to a couple of teams over in Wales to get game time as well. This is a little bit higher level than that. Like, but um, do you really lean into the Irishness of London Irish? Like you know, like uh... back to the old
2: fifth problems. (laughs) (laughs) Throw that one out there. But no, I do think that uh, I agree with you. They, They They need game time, you know. Yeah. Um. You don't want to get stagnant, especially because they're producing so many players, and it's not as if the players who are ahead of them are are, are 29, 30, 31 and they're older. They're yeah. not, They're twenty three. They're twenty four. Yeah. These twenty year olds. It's like it's like okay, he's going to retire in a year or two. They're not. There's the age profile is quite young. So yeah. Game time is essential for these guys who are just below the surface, and there's top quality players, um, international players that aren't playing that. Probably should be playing. Yeah, yeah. Think about it,
3: like, if if your dream is to be a professional player, right? Like, people forget. And before it was different. You, like, we've, we've at least changed it so that you can move around the provinces. Before, you couldn't. Mm. But, like, just because you don't make it, like, in Ireland. Like, Leinster are probably one of the best clubs in the world. You've got Munster, Connacht, Ulster. Massive clubs. Ireland winning Grand Slams at senior and under-20s level. You can go over and have an incredible career. I mean, you played in England for a long time. Mm. You were one of the best players in the Premiership. I mean, you can go over and have a very successful career or you can sit on the bench and not play and your career might disappear mm. or you can go off to England or France and be a professional player for the rest of your life and yeah. good money. What would you do, like, if, you if you're not getting the minutes here? You're just going to go, like,
2: aren't you? Well, you know I mean? well for, like my mindset on it is that, yeah, like, okay, I had a certain Darcy and O'Driscoll ahead of me yeah. so I kind of went, <laughs> yeah. kind of better go. But I think it's a case, case by case basis. I do think that when you finish and you retire and you kind of sit back and go, you look back on your career, you can kind of say, was I happy with what I did? And Like, personally, absolutely, you know. Yeah. I could have potentially stayed where I was, but... Like, Worked out well for uh, you. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. exactly <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, and it doesn't <laughs> always work out like that as well. There's the other side of it where players go away and it, it, it just doesn't work and that's so be it. But at least you experience it as well. I think sometimes you're caught in a bubble here and I think mm. if you go outside, you look back in. I think for Rod, say, and his coaching, he was in that bubble and then he's going to experience so many different things that... Him and that kind of three sixty degree view of his coaching, he can go. All these different experiences make me a better coach. So yeah. same with for me personally, it was all these experiences made me a better player and mm. and helped me in what I'm doing now. So it's it's good for it's good for players I think to have a look. But oh, look, the, everyone wants to play for Ireland, and you said it there. If you're going to be at a country, it's
3: said so if you have the choice of like you mm. know, well, play rugby or not play rugby, you're going to play rugby.
2: Yeah, Do you know what I mean. It's, 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 tough, it's, tough it's, it's tough for like for that young lad to go. If I do this, I will not play for it. You know, it's mm. hard and it's nearly like, when did they decide it to decide at 22? They decide when, oh, they're not getting picked by four or five other lads. They've got to make a decision and go, do you know what? I'm going to go here and yeah. it's for Irish lads who live at home and are well looked after like you know are if you look after the players very well to go into a different environment it can be difficult you know and some players are just going mm, comfort zone I'll stay where I am yeah. Yeah. Duncan
3: Casey was all about that recently. Like I know Duncan well and he was oh, saying yeah. that um, like when his dander was up when he was at his peak he was starting for in the Heining Cup but he knew he was never getting near the Ireland squad but he still stuck around because he wanted to play for Munster, and it was yeah. But and then he went to Grenoble for like a year towards the end, like, and he was like, "I really wish I did it sooner. I should have went when I could have got that big contract." And oh I yeah, over yeah. And he ended up like having to like finish up uh, prematurely, like yeah, and, yeah. And like he just kind of wish wish he took that leap
2: a little bit. Do you know what I'm sure, yeah, and I'm sure yeah. a lot of guys will think that. Yeah, a lot of guys as well. Like, and I think it's very much an Irishness that, as I say, it's like you, it, 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 we're so territorial in our provinces and and where we're from, especially down in Munster, you know, where it's like everyone just wants to grow wants to play in the red and and it's like "Mm, I have an opportunity not to play in the red why would I do something like that you know there's
3: so many spots there's so many spots Uh, exactly exactly. (laughs)
2: but but players still they want to let go of that you know and they go well what happens if he's gone or if he goes in the World Cup there's game time there and I'll play five times a
3: year and it's a tough one it's a tough one it really is
2: the, uh, I suppose, on
1: uh, the other games, I suppose I might even just leave it to you, like, if anything jumped out from those other games, just to kind of, like, Scotland beat Italy 26-14. They needed, like, Kinghorn got a, a hat-trick for them, but they still needed to get a try in the last minute yeah. just to kind of seal seal that game. And then France beat Wales, like, I think it was, like, 41-28. So, um, yeah, like, I, I think, the like, Pennell was brilliant for me again in that. And then da- Jonathan Dante went, like, he makes such a difference for them, I thought, as well. But did anything jump out from those
2: two games over, over the weekend for you? Like... Not massively from my from my end of things. Mm. I think um like it's 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 a pity you fell for that Italian side, you know. Yeah, I really yeah. did because um they've produced some scintillating rugby over the over the six nations and I think missing Caputo as well at the back He's he's uh, such an attacking threat. But it's they're just they're close, you know. Yeah, okay, yeah. we've been here loads of times yeah. and said they're close, but they play a great brand of rugby. Sometimes mm. I think they need to Not maybe run it from behind their sticks. (laughs) Sometimes exit. You can do that. But um, look, you wouldn't want to stop them doing what they're doing at the moment because they they have been very entertaining. Wales, I think, are in a bit of trouble. Um, I think they're lucky that they have this pre-World Cup, pre-season of two to three months because they'll need it, I think, you know. And, and, And Scotland, yeah, just... I
3: think Scotland. I've got a, the one to take from that game. I think Scotland got a bit of a wake-up call. Kind yeah. of, like they kind of been been brought back down again. Like, where yeah, it happens every year. Like, and they think that they're that a little bit better than they <laughs> yeah. are. I think they kind of saw that again the weekend. Like, that they're not as good as they thought they are. Even though they're improved, it's the same way as you said. Italy are improved, but like, like, like I put it this way, like I wouldn't fear Scotland at the World Cup kind of situation. Like, whereas people were saying there a couple of weeks ago, like, oh, they could Scotland could do a Grand Slam. They're 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 way off the mark. Yeah, they're yeah, way off the mark.
1: It's like um. He was at Vandermeer where he scored a lovely try, didn't he, as well, from Bear. Finish. But like, yeah. I think there, there's even talk, and again, a couple of weeks ago, it might have seemed crazy, and every, I've seen a few reports in Scotland saying, how come Gregor Townsend hasn't been given a contract extension? And now you look at it again, and like, in, when the championship's over, you're like, this, like, the SRU were probably doing the right thing. They're waiting until the World Cup and saying... Mm do well at that and we'll give you a contract like well, like, why sign them up for another two or three years if they go and get knocked out in the, the pool stage yeah. and hope I'm, to I mean, God oh, this doesn't get clipped up now in yeah. six months time. And like, maybe
2: they, yeah. maybe New Zealand needs to kind of wait till post World Cup yeah. before, but, uh, before they announce it because that seems to have caused all yeah. the havoc there and even Foster saying that coaches are having they had two day meetings the management meetings yes. behind closed doors just yeah, it's it's bizarre, isn't and they're it? Like they're like Schmidt releasing statements saying yeah. I'm not taking it as well. It's a yeah. weird situation
3: yeah. for the, for New Zealand of all countries. Like I mean, there's something going on there. Like I mean, there'd be a bit of cop on, really, isn't yeah. it? Like
2: oh, it's it's a it's a <laughs> distraction they don't need. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's yeah. It's it, just, hopefully it'll benefit us, you know. It yeah, must be that, taken
3: after the Welsh be the owning Welsh <laughs> the way they're going at this stage. Like. Uh,
2: <laughs> before, I, we might throw out a couple of like a
1: team in the tournament awards in a couple of seconds. I'll just throw you to a quick clip here that Tommy Bow was chatting after the game as well. And he was just uh, kind of talking about the World Cup and kind of owning it as well and saying Ireland have all the tools as well. So we'll play that now.
3: I think that they just, they're so processed focus that it doesn't matter what players that they lose whoever steps into the fold
2: they just seem to to stick on task and even England even Scotland last weekend were able to you know push them and, and have them on edge and maybe a lot of people would have questioned do they still have it but they just find a way to grind out a performance and really pull away in the end of the game. I think they've given themselves exactly the best opportunity they can of winning it I mean if you want to tick
3: boxes and tick challenges to try and set yourself up for it as I said, to beat New Zealand uh, in New Zealand soil, to beat South Africa, to beat Australia, to win every game in the Six Nations. I mean, you can't get any better preparation. So yes, the Six Nations is the next thing around
2: the corner. And yeah, why not? I mean, do we dare to dream?
1: Okay, right. The official awards are going to be coming out now. Uh, Six Nations, like, they've, in fair play to them. They've got a good kind of website now and it's like a nice little team in a tournament you can pick yourself. Uh, I picked it uh, myself, and I said I was going to share it, and I accidentally—no offense to him—but I picked Jack Conan ahead of and I had a So I said I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll have another go at this now tomorrow. Like, but uh, but yeah, if anyone who wants to try that, they can give it a go as well. But all these kind of awards are going to get like announced soon enough as well. Like, but uh, maybe we'll just start off with like our own player of the tournament, who do we all kind
2: of think stood out for us. It doesn't have to be necessarily Irish, although it may well be. Oh, like, I, for me, it's Dupani's. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. he's just absolutely. Unplayable sometimes. Everything he does, I think he like. I think we look at, say a Sexton and say, "Oh, if we lose, or if we lost a Tiger, a Sexton, or something like that." Yeah. I think if France lost the Dupont, that it would have serious impacts on yeah. France's chances because you look yeah. how, how many minutes he plays like can you tell me who the second and third choice Frenchman has there like it's uh, I
1: know Luku.
4: that's
2: about yeah. it I don't know <laughs> <tell you> who <laughs> number three is yeah it's yeah. not good they yeah. just don't get enough minutes you know because it's he's so pivotal and I, everything he does every time he touches the ball he, he's dangerous and he's metronomical in, in scoring tries too and he's yeah, just for me, he's just that player who sticks out every week and he's in that pivotal position too. So, it's yeah, kind of easier for him to control things.
1: That's it. What would you say, Jason, then, if you're picking?
3: Um, it's kind of a toss up. Like, I think Doris would be, have been absolutely brilliant, mm. but for me, two man in the match awards and how many tries he got, and just how important he was to Ireland was Mac Hansen. Mm. Like, he's come in now, like, as an extra playmaker off the wing. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, and if you look at him, like, and he's just so instrumental to our attacking play that, uh, and like as I said, like this is his first time winning something big. Like, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's a set in Six Nations, but I think he was probably one of our most important players throughout it. Like, and just just an incredible talent.
1: Yeah, I, w- I was going to pick Mack Hansen as well. Like I thought... I thought maybe the Scotland game really showed it up more as like the the up and under where I think even Sexton was admonishing himself for like there was just a big up and under and not only was he gonna win it in the, the Scottish twenty-two, he was gonna get an offload as well. <laughs> and Sexton was giving out saying like I wasn't prepared for that. Like I didn't like not only is he's thinking ahead, after I win this I'm gonna flip it out here. Like and and Sexton was saying he was going in for the clear out and didn't spot the <laughs> the pass coming like so yeah, he just put it on his shoulders and he did it again at the weekend like kick kick tennis going back and forth. He's like, Ah oh, no, fuck, this. I'm gonna take drew his man in, then stepped him and then kind of made 20, 30 metres as well. Like, um, yeah, I thought him and then, yeah, Doris would be up there as well and uh, and then, like, for me, I was just, uh, that's what we talked about, a couple of errors he made, Hugo Keane, and he just, I always think he's like an eight or a nine or ten out of every week or every, something like that. Like, yeah, yeah. incredible. He makes,
2: like, no, makes no mistakes and I, I can still remember when as Rob Carney finishing up yeah. and who's going to replace him and, and Jordan had a couple of chances and they were still moving players around and then all of a sudden this kid comes out of nowhere and you're like, Kind of not a Rob who, but like it's kind of like okay, we've moved on. You yeah, know? Forget yeah, about yeah. That. You yeah, know, yeah. Same with Rob and Gervin Dempsey. It's just like oh, he's going to replace Gerv because he was yeah, just, He's so solid, beats the beats the defender, first defender absolutely every time. Yeah, uh, and he's so consistent in the high ball. And when he's not there, you're like oh. But then I do think that mm. Jimmy O'Brien is a an able a deputy. Yeah, I saw something yeah.
3: there. I mean, he no one has played more minutes under Andy Farrell than Hugo Greenan. Oh wow, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. incredible. Since he's come in, like no yeah. one has played more minutes. Like that. that's how. So, and he, came, as in, like before Andy Farrell came in, like he hadn't even played for Ireland. That's how good he's been. Like to to, to, to come and land on your feet like that is it's radic- at that level. Mm. It's ridiculous.
1: I'm, I'm waiting for him to kind of like. Because he's just so good as well To get that strut about him And kind of But he's still just this kind of Like every time you talk to him He, he almost Like you wouldn't think of him Talking to him That he's this world class Fullback as well Like just kind of Still this kind of like Ah yeah You know sure yeah. Like I'm just going to Get there and playing. it just seems so placid as well Like as, as a kind of character Like so Yeah they'd be kind of like Yeah that that's a good tree Like yeah And DuPont again Like it's uh, he's always in the mix But then like look at him Like you know Box kicking off Either foot down Him well against England like, Was like, absolutely yeah, ridiculous yeah. Like just <laughs> Another level Another yeah. level um, I was going to say then Like let's say a breakthrough success Somebody who might have kicked on Or k- kind of really pushed through Like yeah. many of the countries Again during the Six Nations
3: mm, I think for us I think someone who really Stood out for me Was Tom O'Toole Because I thought Yes yeah, Even yeah. even like before that I thought Beelum Was brilliant You're kind of yeah. like Because everyone you, you get so worried Just because Togay Furlong Is the best title in the world By a distance and then Bielan was incredible, but then when Bielan went down, Tower 2 was incredible. It's like, geez, we have three good, real solid tight heads now. Whereas years ago, like, we never had that. Like, most teams do barely have one good tight end. It's one of the, the the trickiest positions in the world to have some depth there. Like, so that does, that's two players that stood up for me.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, God, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. I think I love seeing Dan Sheehan play. I just think everything he brings to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's such an exciting player who's kicked on again um yeah that's an interesting one about the the tight head props mm. i think it's it's massively needed because yeah. of our over reliance nearly on untied on that finley got to play not just say against italy okay or um scotland got get injured sorry but yeah. when he gets injured you want him to play against bigger nations and yeah. produce and play long minutes and and he did yeah and he helped and he, and he, and he did extremely well, so um yeah, don't know like um these players, Doris again, but not breakthrough, I suppose, but uh, for Irish maybe she and yeah
1: yeah for me like I was like well again yeah like to to have Balem and then to, for him to get in with that injury mm. and hopefully he's not out for too long and then O'Toole. <laughs> Uh, it was great. But I thought uh, De Mortier, the French left winger... like Yes. Sorry, like, yeah, yeah. I thought he was incredible. Especially even that game against us in Dublin as well. Like him and uh Penno just ripped us to shreds in that game and nobody could kind of lay a finger on them. But And I was picking again, we might even get onto this as well, but like my team in a tournament and it was like, I, I put him ahead of uh, Van der Merwe, who was brilliant for Scotland as well. Like I thought he was that good. So uh one to look out for. And, and then I suppose even... I was saying like, yeah, maybe like picking a team in the tournament might get two kind of, you know, we, we could be here for another 30 or 40 minutes and Paul and Chris yeah. might want to go get some lunch uh, but <laughs> and they'll probably be screaming yes in the background as well but maybe just Irish guys that you kind of think would be, you'd be, uh, even let's say surprised if they weren't in the Six Nations team in the tournament.
2: Oh, um, well, i Jesus, tough but I happen to go through there but I've you'll have Sheen in my mind anyway James Ryan was absolutely immense in that one um, I'd have Dorison there I'd have Johnny I would have Mac
3: Q-Gos um, goes me <laughs> I don't know some good fullbacks uh, yeah, maybe yeah. Ramos, Ramos actually Ramos is a tough one yeah Ramos, was,
2: Ramos. Uh, was, was kicking as well you know I think I, yeah, I would have gone Ramos in, in 15 but um, 5 or 6 at least yeah um, there were some yeah interesting selections I saw in the papers today um, across the water. So
1: oh really yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I'm be, I'm be right out of here after the, this. the yeah. only one
3: we're missing there I think I agree with all the ones you were there plus Porter I'd say as well. Yeah. Well, had Porter on there as well, which is mad. Like it's, <laughs> you, I, it, it would be crazy if there isn't at least, especially when you've won a Grand Slam in the way with the manner we've You've got to have the majority. you got to have seven or eight Irish players. But then yeah.
2: you look at the fr- like like you're probably dismissing. I'd have two 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 Piloto yeah, in the yeah. centre. Yeah. That would be my only Scott probably. Do you know and. Mm. It, you get an Italian in there and Capuzzo was the one I was kind of thinking about but he didn't play agree maybe. maybe in the back or something Yeah, like that. very good, yeah. But then mm. again, if it's putting him in, someone, <laughs> someone's, <laughs> someone's going to lose him. out. Yeah. 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 yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. You can't put 15 Irish players in a low. we yeah. probably would. Can-
2: <laughs> and it's funny when you think about
1: it, isn't it? Yeah, like again, even then, like we haven't mentioned but he was brilliant again, Van der Fleer as well. Like you kind of like, but like so there you could have kind of
3: used him we don't even take any notice anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Just, he just shows up every week and he's a nine every week no matter what yeah
1: like what was he doing extra at the yeah, weekend exactly. you know, like, yeah. was he not taking, taking I mean? any line <laughs> out throws or anything at the weekend yeah. like, <laughs> taking kicks like. um, so yeah, so that's perfectly so what we'll do then is then like uh, even we go from one six nations and the uh, 26 nations into the women's six nations then kicks off this weekend Ireland are against Wales and um, so again like it's it, like that's such a funny one it's like we were talking about Ireland being the standard bearers and the men's, it's, it's it's England really and then France and yeah, there's going to be, I think they're even talking about maybe getting a crowd of 30 or 40,000 into Twickenham for an England home game as well, which should be brilliant as well. Like, But uh, Ireland will be kind of fighting for that third place spot and then this is when uh, the 15s thing kicks off. So if you finish in the top three, you qualify for that upper tier of um you know the kind of going of playing the, the likes of new zealand and, and stuff like that as well so um a lot kind of riding on it as well but um yeah we, we kind of we were at the six nations launch there uh, last week alex roberts was over in london and he spoke to nicola friday about that so uh here's a little bit from her what made you fall in love with the sport initially
5: um so it was, def- it was definitely my local club in tullamore that made me fall in love um I came to the sport, I suppose, quite kind of late. So I was nineteen when I when I started. I was in university, and I just was at home one summer and said, "I give give rugby a, give a, rugby a go." And I went in, and the girls in the rugby club were, were brilliant, and they made like their friendship and their and their like openness and warmness was definitely what drew me to to the club environment, and I fell in love with the sport from there then. Yeah, I think definitely like it's in the last few years it's getting that balance between work life and and wanting to play and represent your national country and and you've seen the huge steps that each nation has taken to to make that easier for each of the players and I think it's it's been great and it's been really positive. Um, Yeah, it's really positive look as a female athlete i don't think you should have had have to have that as a concern when you step out into the pitch you have so many other things that you need to worry about your performance and all that and i think an anxiety or a concern about that shouldn't be shouldn't be one of them so for such a simple change it, it, de- it definitely relieves a lot of of like concern for for players and i think it's brilliant and in terms of- Yeah, it's been great. Like I think Irish sport has been like sh- showcased at another level. Like we have some outstanding athletes in the country, and I think it's just great that uh, such a small little island is producing such top quality athletes and teams, and it's brilliant to see. She's one of like the all-time great female athletes of Ireland without a doubt. Like Her name is known in every household in Ireland and rightly so because she's achieved so much and to get her to come back and fight in Ireland is it's brilliant and I think it's going to be a really op- great opportunity for her because um, it's just nice being able to get her home venue to, <laughs> to perform, yeah.
1: Okay, perfect. That's Nicola Friday there. So good luck to Ireland. Women playing at the weekend and Dave those uh, they're down in Musgrave Park, I think, this year as well, aren't they? So yep. a couple of home games there. Hopefully they, they can sell that out as well. And pretty, pretty um and they actually spoke really well about um just kind of heroes and stuff like that. And they were kind of, you know, Nicola and I was passing on her best to the Ireland women's team as well. And I saw Vera Powell was the, the Grand Marshal there in the St. Patrick's Parade as well. Like, so Excellent. a lot, a lot of great stuff going on and hopefully the Irish women can kind of get a couple of good results in that championship. So uh, just kind of, if, before we wrap up, our never stop competing moment of the week with Bank of Ireland. Uh, I mentioned them earlier again, I wanted to kind of give it to Connor Murray and, and Tide Furlong again, because I said, like Furlong didn't play since the start of December, c- came in in the middle of the Six Nations and, uh, you know just brilliant again and it's like we talk about Josh van der Fleer we kind of take furlong for granted as well yeah. I think sometimes don't we uh, and then Conor Murray like you know like to go through what he did there with his father like mm-hmm. and and to be kind of like having to you know rush back home and kind of be with the family and then come back up and, even and before be that people like. were
3: saying he might not be in the squad because he yeah. got dropped by Munster yes yeah. so like yeah, you yeah, know what I mean right. like, and he came in and played a pivotal role so come here look form a temporary class department. like he's still one of the best nines doctor.
1: yeah yeah definitely so listen that's a brilliant stuff uh just want to say thanks very much for myself uh james great having you back in with us as well uh jason you kind of held it together there now um after a big 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 weekend for you uh, weekend on the beer yeah. <laughs> so thanks very much for that and uh cheers to everybody for listening or watching however you're, you're enjoying the show uh thanks very much as well to to paul and chris you're kind of uh putting everything together in the background and uh, yeah, big thanks to our sponsors as well. Bank of Ireland, proud supporters of the four Irish provinces. Uh, Greg and Lindsay are going to be back next week and they're going to bring us all those big Grand Slam stories that, <laughs> that we didn't get. So we'll get that next week. So thanks everybody and thanks for watching. Cheers. Joe presents House of Rugby together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces.